Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a uh, an unusual time for us to be recording. Uh, it's about 10.30 in the morning here in Australia, so hopefully we have some uh, UK viewers who are staying up a little bit late who can uh, tune in with the excitement of the managerial appointment. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it in more detail after we talk about the games, but I guess off the top, um, your first thoughts or your reaction to Rosinia's appointment? I think it's it's a staple of what we've been doing all season where it's we've known something's going to happen, but we've just waited a long time for it to go I think he's he's a he's a player we all know uh, he's a person we all know and and I mean we've seen what he did at, at Derby albeit they were in a a much worse situation I guess financially than we are uh, but they had some good results uh, and I think you're the one who said you think that Rosinha has been the the brains behind the derby operation uh so I mean I'm excited I think He'll have to prove it. Uh, he'll have to prove like his his philosophy, his mentality. I mean, I think I listened to 15 minutes of the the press conference, and uh, it all sounds really positive. Um, and it sounds like there's been some due diligence done on his part. So hopefully, he can come in and um, and him and Dawson can can do something nice. Yeah, he talks the talk. We'll see if he can walk the walk, but yeah. we'll, we'll definitely talk about that more in detail um, shortly. But what we'll do, um, pretty disappointing defeats, both the Blackburn and Middlesbrough. Um, we're talking just before the episode. That that Blackburn game is pretty short on talking points just because you could probably pick out any episode of this podcast this season where we've had a similar sort of 1-0 loss and replay our comments from that and they'd all apply for the Blackburn game. Um, so what we'll do, we'll talk about both games in sort of in conjunction um, as a collective. We'll still give votes for each game, but um, yeah, not not a whole heap to talk about from that Blackburn game. But I guess just on the, on that one, I mean, it was an unchanged lineup from the Rotherham and, um, and Blackpool games, but uh, unable to get a positive result in it. Um, again, no shots on target. Um, you know, as, as soon as we go 1-0 down, it, it just looks like we've kind of, lost that um, ability to unlock their defense and, and do anything. Um, and then similar for the Middlesbrough game, actually, and that's why it kind of works to talk about them together. It seems like teams sit quite deep against us. And, and when they do, we just just don't really have any ideas on on how to break them down. Yeah, I think, and I said this to you prior, that Blackburn game, there's really not much to say. Uh, I think, you know, they're, they're, I think they're second on top of the table mm. now. I think they might be second um, after, I think, Burnley. Um, yeah, so they're, they're second. Uh, it, I'll take a one 0 loss to to second uh, in in the table. Uh, it would have been nice to see more creativity and and more pressure rather than just uh, kind of having the possession but not really doing anything with it. And I think we've seen that that when like Pelcast comes on, it's a bit different, uh, yeah. and, and he actually starts looking forward and, and pushing. Uh, so yeah, look, the the Blackburn game was a disappointment. I think we saw a better side for the um uh for the yeah. Middlesbrough game but yeah. yeah look it's there's a, a whole string of concerns not just going forward but I think once I, I think we're notorious for conceding within the first like five minutes after scoring a goal because I think that was our fourth game in a row where we've scored and and have conceded immediately yeah um, in the Middlesbrough game yeah 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 it's just not good enough 
Yeah, it, it, it is an interesting one that um, that Middlesbrough game, um, we obviously shook up the lineup. We brought in um, Oscar up top, brought in Fleming in defence. So, so Greaves shifted across to centre back. And um, yeah, I mean, Jones really exposing Fleming down that left, uh, Giles and others exposing Christie down that right um, from from our perspective, um, down our right. Um, and, you know, as you say, I mean, look, it's we, we get back into the game. Like that 20-minute stretch after halftime, I thought we looked our most dangerous against Borough. Christie getting the ball in for that Oscar um, Oscar chance just after halftime. Christie then having a couple of shots. I mean, you could argue, is he is he sort of shooting on sight rather than actually looking for the best option? Um, he does eventually get his goal courtesy of a pretty big deflection as well. But then, as you say, we, we concede straight after it. And it's, it's the third time in the last four games, so three games in a row, I guess, um, where we've scored and then conceded straight away against Rotherham at Blackpool, it happened as well. Um, Rosini is going to have his work cut out, getting the defence in shape. Yeah, and, and you'd hope as a defender he has some insight. Uh, but, you know, Dawson, oh, Dawson was, was a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Dawson was also a defender. Uh, and, and when when he kind of stepped step forward, I thought we were going to look a bit a bit more tight at the back. Uh, so I'm hoping that Rossini has kind of seen that this is a big problem. And, you know, going forward at the moment isn't necessarily my biggest concern. Like if we can can get that goal on the counter and just sit or, or just be able to confidently defend. I don't think there's been many games this season where I've actually felt confident when sides are pressing us or, or attacking that, that we're not going to concede, especially from set pieces. It's always been our, um, our undoing. Uh, I'm hoping that, that he sees that and really puts emphasis on defending. And I think he said, or you said that he said that, the goalkeeper is part of the attack when going forward and the striker is part of the defence when coming back. So everyone does have their part to play. But on that yeah. game, our, uh, like it was great seeing Fleming back and, and starting his first game in a while, uh, but Jones ripped him apart. Uh, and it was, it was kind of sad to see as well. Yeah, and I, I wonder a bit with that as well. Obviously, Fleming coming back from a long-term injury, so match fitness might be a bit short, that sort of thing. Not really the same excuse for Christie on the right, but I do wonder a bit if, whilst we've got a bit more dynamism in midfield, I'd want to say with the way that we're lining up with Seri, Doherty, um, and Woods all in that midfield sort of um, diamond, I guess, because you've also got I think two fans started against Borough. It just feels like none of them have a designated role as as like a deep line midfielder in the same way that last season we had Smallwood in that role or, or even Slater this season doesn't seem to be doing as much of that work, which then means when you have a Christie or a Fleming pushing up the field to join the attack, there's no one sort of dropping back or, or staying in the hole. And then you see that sort of the result with the third goal with Giles um, getting the ball. And granted, I think you said, you know, Christie's still pretty much at fault for that one. He, he should have done a lot better to close down the shot, but it just feels like there's not as much structure or understanding of, of players roles in the side at the moment. Yeah, I think that that Giles goal might take a deflection off Christie, mm. uh, but he was still too far infield, uh, which yeah. gave Giles all that space. But I think that's just because I think Greaves had pushed up. So it was like, do I cover the middle or do I cover yeah. the, the flank? And and either way, someone would have got through. Uh, but that happens when you're, when you're pushing for an equaliser. Um, structurally, yeah, I think we have a lot of 
midfielders that enjoy pushing and enjoy kind of being up front and, and getting in and around the box, but it means that someone has to sit back and I just don't yeah. feel like that's been happening. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a concern. Like it's good to see Christy getting forward and, and we, as you mentioned, he gets his goal off a crazy deflection. Um, but like the, the first goal kind of Akpom just runs through three of our defenders where like no one puts any, any tackle in. Uh, and then when the cross comes back in, uh, Christy loses him. Yeah. But so Woods, it kind of, uh, Akpom just floats between the two. Uh, for the second goal, it comes again from Christie, from Christie's side. You know, he doesn't uh, close down. I think it was Lenahan. I'm not sure who heads it back in. Yeah. Uh, and then the third goal as well comes from Christie's side. So he gets a goal, but he's almost been at fault for three goals. Uh, and it's trying to strike that balance of getting up, getting forward, but then also making sure that we're not vulnerable at the back. Yeah, and look, it's a great point um, on Christie, and 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 look, I mean, it, it's almost the defense as a whole as well, though, because you look at Greaves's form as a centre back this season, uh, was looking really good at left back the last couple of games, but he's shifted back to centre back this game. It just seems as if him and Figueredo haven't worked out a solid partnership between them that works at covering covering players, you know, closing down space and defending adequately. Um, which sort of begs the question of if we're going to bring in natural fullbacks like Fleming and, and Christie or Coyle, um, whether whether Greaves needs to have a rest or, or a rotation out of the side um, because it can't be doing anything for his confidence that every time he seems to play at centre-back recently, we're conceding a lot of goals, we're not looking very sharp defensively. Um, when, in contrast, when he's playing at left-back, he's actually doing quite well. Yeah, I'd keep him at left-back. Uh, mm. uh, and then if need be during the game, I would bring Fleming on and then rotate either Figueredo for Greaves. I don't think playing them at the same time has necessarily been a success. Um, but whether that's something that's happening off the field that they just need to work out uh, and, and, and just kind of communicate more, who knows? Uh, but you're right. I think he might benefit from a rest. I don't think he's missed a game. Uh, yeah. I don't think he missed a game last season either. No, I think he played every minute last season. Yeah. He, he got he got taken off around 60 in, in a game this season, but that was it. Yeah, so I I don't question his fitness. That's not what I'm saying. I think I just think he needs to almost reset yeah. uh, and and just kind of step away. Look, I'm, I'm interested to know what kind of formation Rossini is going to play. I'm hoping he comes in and kind of changes it up. Uh, I want us to try something new and, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we at least tried it rather than trying to stick with the same formation and kind of playing a McCann until everyone screams at him that we need to swap to a, a four, a, it was a three at the back we changed. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm interested to know what happens. I think this is going to be a tough game and we'll preview Millwall later, but it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, um, and we'll, we'll talk about Rosania in a second, but how about we'll do, um, I don't know if you had votes for the Blackburn game as well. I know you said you didn't see a whole lot of it, um, yeah. but we'll give votes for that one first. Uh, I, I'll, I'll go by your judgment, uh, Greaves Slater Baxter. I, I didn't watch enough of the game Fair uh, enough. To, to be aware of it. Uh, I have my votes for Middlesbrough, but I'll, uh, I'll, go, I'll go those for Blackburn. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, look, I just went Greaves because I thought, as sort of said, I mean, at left back, I think he looks a lot more um, solid at the moment. Um, so I thought he was pretty much our best against Blackburn. I thought Slater in midfield 
was strong. Um, it was it was just you know I've said this before. It was one of those games that was really hard to find players to give votes to. Um, and I thought Baxter in goal, keeping it to one nil, um, had a pretty strong game. But yeah, not a whole lot to to say beyond that. Uh, yeah, for the Middlesbrough game, um, yeah, I think we're going to be in a little bit of uh, debate on 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 this one because I gave uh, Christy the three votes. I I totally acknowledge and accept what you were saying about him and and potentially his fault for all three goals. Um, I'm I'm a little bit more of the opinion that it's more of a structural issue and um, other players not necessarily playing the role or, or, or doing what was required of them to allow Christie those attacking runs. And I guess I look at the fact that Fleming was also similarly exposed exposed on the left that I, it makes me think it's more a structural issue than Christie having a poor game himself. But I totally get and accept that, you know, for that third goal in particular, probably needs to do better. That second goal, the free header at the back post as well, um, need better positioning from the defenders as well. Um, but still gave him the three. I thought his ball in for Oscar's chance was brilliant. He had a couple of really good chances and, and got his goal as well. Um, Belka's the two, I think, off the bench. He's, you know, shows why he needs to be starting pretty much every game. His, his attacking ability, his, his sort of mentality to always try and push forward with the ball, find space, find options, um, was really good um, and looked really sharp. And then one vote for Doherty, who I think... Um, you know, I, I've seen some comments about him recently that, you know, we can't achieve promotion with him in the side and or he he sort of found his level as sort of a mid-table championship player. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think I think he's shown enough this season in glimpses that when he's playing in a side that's performing well, he actually rises to that standard. So I thought, especially even in this game where a lot of the players were struggling, I thought he was, you know, up there as one of our best players. So I think I think he's certainly showing his worth in the side, and it doesn't. It's not a coincidence that when he came back into the side after his injury, we actually got those two wins. So he got my one vote. Yeah, all, all fair points. I uh, I tossed and turned with this one a lot. I, I've changed my my order I think six times, uh, but I'm a I'm a go Seri for three. I think this game at least, you know, he had that shot that, that could have been a thirty yard screamer. Uh, but he was always looking forward. He was always trying to pass the ball forward and try to be that orchestrator, which I think is why we signed him. Um, for second, I'm going to give it to Pelkas, so I'll I'll agree with you. Uh, I think he has to start, and and he, that would be my suggestion for the Millwall game at least. And then the one point I'm going to split so half each for Christie and Doc. I can't I can't not give Christie something given that he scored and was always going forward. But I think even if it's a structural problem, his role as an individual is to recognize that there is a problem and not keep pushing as high when he knows that we could be exposed at the back. Uh, So that's why I'll give him the split of a point with Doc, who just never runs out of energy. Fair enough. Maybe for the the record, I'll give Doc the one vote for you in the uh, Blackburn game just to even it out that way, but okay. <laughs> uh, just to keep it all in whole votes, but fair enough. Um, yeah, look, I mean, we, we sort of talked at the top of the episode about the appointment. Um, wanted to just go into it a little bit more on Racine's appointment. Um, it was funny because we sort of drafted this episode a couple of days ago when it hadn't been confirmed. And I did, I liked your comment at the start about the fact it's very typical of us at the moment. It seems like everything is kind of confirmed in the press, like Dawson after the, Middlesbrough game confirmed that Rosenia was going to be coming in as the new manager and then it still took 48 hours to actually have it confirmed by the club. Um, just seems just seems a hallmark of this regime. I don't know why, but I guess it's something we just have to get used to that things just take 
you know, agonizingly long to actually get announced. Um, but I thought he, I thought he spoke really well in his press conference. And we sort of said before, you know, he's talked the talk, now he has to walk the walk. But I guess what excites you the most about him coming in? I know he's not a homegrown. I don't think he's a homegrown boy, but it feels like he is. Uh, yeah. I think we've watched him for as long as I can remember with supporting Hull. Uh, he's always been a name that's been around and uh, a very memorable name to say the least. And, and, you know, I watched 15 minutes of the presser and he just sounds confident. And I understand that sounding confident and actually putting performances in uh, are two very different things. Uh, but he hasn't taken the job just because it's a job. I think he's taken the job because he genuinely cares about the club. Uh, and I think in the press conference, he was saying that I think his nan passed away, uh, mm. but in a, like with a whole shirt. Um, and it just speaks volumes as to, you know, his, his ambition and, and kind of the connection that he has to the club and the city. And that's what excites me is that, you know, you've got someone that doesn't just want the best for the club, but wants the best for the individual players and wants the best for the city. Uh, and, and I think Ajahn has always spouted this dream of like one dream, like one family. And, you know, if anyone's going to achieve that or contribute to it, I think Liam is is the person to do that. And and I've, I've liked that he's kept on Dawson. He's said that, you know, in the small amount of time that Dawson has had, he's really shown that, you know, he's a really good manager or first team coach or assistant or whatever it may be. Uh, and I'm interested to know the second assistant coach he brings in. Uh, but I think having the combination of, of Liam and, and Andy's very uh, nostalgic at least. And I think I said to you before, before, you know, we should get Abel Hernandez in to be our, our striking coach. And, and you said we should get my in to be our goalkeeping coach. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, it's brought a sense of feel good back for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I actually didn't realize until Rosenia said it, that he was the first signing under the Alums. Yeah. And I sort of think back, I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Cause I do remember we signed him as a free agent in, I don't know, like that sort of November, December sort of time period where I, at the time I, I didn't know a whole lot about him, but he, he very quickly endeared himself to the supporter base and was always one of those, he, he was sort of that, uh, that British core that we had that season we went up under Bruce where they were all really reliable, strong players. He could play on the right or the left. He was just a hardworking player. And I like to think that that's something he'll look for and, and ingrain in his players as a manager as well. And um, he sort of said as well in the press conference that, you know, everyone starts with a clean slate for him. He's here to to find those gems and to find the players that really want to work hard and and develop and, and play well. And he, he sort of referenced doing that at Derby where obviously with their administration and issues like that, they did have to find and scratch and, you know, scratch beneath the surface in the squad to find the right players to play. And, and they did. They found a lot of really good players that almost kept them up last season. Um, as we sort of experienced, I think we lost to them both times we played them last season. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, as you said at the start, yeah. I, I, I do think he was the brains behind Rooney. I mean, you look at DC United under Rooney and they're not doing very well at all. Um, I think Rosinia, from what he's said in the media, from what he's done as a, as a coach, shows the level of knowledge and intelligence that he has in football. And I'm I've, I've been I said this when McCann was looking like being sacked. I said, if we're going to sack McCann, I'd love to get Rosinia in from Derby. And it's taken a little bit longer for that to happen, but I'm I'm really excited and glad that it's finally happened. Yeah, I think I think it's 
hopefully going to have a positive impact and hopefully we have the um you know the new manager effect and and pick up a, a win um but yeah it's a I'm interested to know what he's going to change because I think something has to change and I, mm. I can't really get that from his press conference. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Be- I mean, he sort of referred to the club having a lot of technical players and a lot of really good homegrown players as well. So I, I tend to think, yeah, I mean, at a guess I'd say, I mean, he's going to try and weave in those sort of bigger name players with those homegrown players. So whether we see Fleming and Coyle, in his first game at the back with Graves or something like that, you've got that whole connection in defence and see, and maybe he'll see if that can sort of kickstart a change in defence by getting that connection with, you know, your, your Seri and your Pelkas up forward. I don't know. As you say, I mean, it's hard to sort of glean from his presser what, what's actually going to change, but uh, I'm sure it'll be really interesting to see. I think, and I think as well, it's, it's a really tough one because you kind of, you need to give him time. Like he's a, he's a young coach in his first, young manager in his first, full-time role um yeah you know if we're sitting rock bottom at the championship you know sort of 10 points adrift as an extreme example you're probably going to end up having to make a decision and make a change but i would hope if we can at least finish mid-table that's that's fine like just get to mid-table give him time get his feet under the desk you know make his imprint on the squad and and set up his style and and really kick on like you look at you look at all the you know successful young managers recently They've all taken a little bit of time to get going, but then once they get going, like, you know, they achieve really great things. So um, I just hope we give him that time and the patience and I'm sure he'll get it with that added benefit of being like a, a legend of the club. I'm sure the supporters will be right behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we have to get behind him regardless of, of what happens in the first few games, uh, but we're getting promoted. So I don't know. what. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got Easy Dean in the or EZ Dean uh, in the chat saying I think Mitte would be next on finish. I think yeah. Look, I mean, it's funny. I mean, it actually, just finishing finishing off on Resendia before we move on, I thought he had a really great answer when he got asked, "Is he coming in to first of all um, address the issue of potential relegation?" And he said, "Relegation battles don't start till March. You know, at this point of the season, it's about points accumulation. You win a couple of games in a row, suddenly you're three points off the playoffs." And the narrative shift. So we saw that narrative shift after the Rotherham win. We went, oh, we're level on points with Watford, who are going for promotion. We can still make, we can still get promoted. We lose a couple of games, and it's back to relegation. So I think his point is actually a really good one. Around it's just points accumulation. It's not losing your heads if you lose a couple. It's not going over the top if you win a couple. It's just getting the points on the board, having that steady progress, and then you get to you know February, March, and you reassess on on where you are and what your aims are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's move on then. We'll do a quick round of Who Am I? And then we'll do those previews just to finish things off. So are you uh, ready to go for the Who Am I? These, these always worry me. <laughs> well, I did. Uh, I don't know if you saw last week's episode. I did, did give Dan uh, Liam Rosinia as his Who Am I? And uh, he did take a little while to click. Um, but this one, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you go. I think it should be all right. We'll see. Um, so the first clue is I made 50 appearances for City and I scored 13 goals. 50. Hmm. That's a lot of goals for 50 games. It is. It's a decent return. Um, 
I joined City in 2014. So that was uh, the second Premier League season under Bruce. Was it and long? I depart- departed in 2016. So no, because he was there for like six, six months. Six months, yeah. yeah. Yelovich? No, not Yelovich. Uh, yeah, no, so, so 2014, so that's the second season. Oh, well, I guess you're right. Like they joined in January of 2014. Yeah. But no, not, not Yelovich. Um, I was, I can, oh, I'll, I'll give you this next clue and then I can give you the club he, he joined. Um, he joined uh, upon departure. Wait, Easy Dean has guessed it. Would you say it? I would, uh, I probably would say it, but I, I it's, not, it's, well, oh yeah, I'll say. It. So he's got Umar Nias as his guest. So it wasn't Nias. Uh, so he was a bit bit later than that. I think he was 2016 that he joined. Uh, okay. I was an attacking midfielder and wore the number 17. Boyd? Well, that's a good guess as well. Uh, not Boyd. Um, I'll say that when he departed in 2016, he joined Newcastle. If that helps. Um, Diame? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I was tempted to say I scored a goal at Wembley, but I didn't know if that would then make it too obvious. Yeah, yeah. Mo Diami. So thirteen goals and fifty appearances actually surprised me. I didn't realize it was quite that prolific. You should have said he. Uh, yeah. I, I'll never forget the goal he scored against Newcastle. I think it was a two-two draw. Ten in the draw as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that um. Well, he, he, he scored on debut against West Ham, then he scored the next week against Newcastle. And that was the game where I think Yelovich scored a screamer as well. And we went up 2-0 and then we somehow finished 2-2. And I was like, it was the most frustrating game because we scored these two great goals and didn't get the three points. I was but, um, um, I was in the hospital when, when that game happened and they put the... Because that was on Fox Sports still. Um, yeah, and yeah. Just, Fox Sports rolling for me. So I watched that game about six times in a week. Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, I remember I, I went went to watch it at a mate's place with a Newcastle supporter, and we went up two nil, and I was like, "Oh, you know, like this is actually amazing." And yeah, then we drew the game, but uh, all good. Uh, yeah, no, good one on getting the army. Um, cool. Okay, well, we've got the two games to come this week: Millwall and Cardiff. Um, Cardiff managed by uh, I think it's Mark Hudson after Steve Morrison was sacked um, a couple of weeks ago, a month or so ago. Um, Millwall still managed by Gary Rowett, who's been there for a little while now. Um, they're having a pretty reasonable season, um, sort of upper mid-table, sort of as they tend to be at the moment, the last few seasons. Millwall, I guess, more noteworthy because they've got George Honeyman and George Long in their side at the moment. Um, so coming up against another couple of former players after Chuba Akpom scored against us, I'm sure Honeyman will be, you know, licking his mouth, licking his lips to uh, try and score against us as well. Um I think Millwall have won uh, four of their last five. I don't know if they actually won midweek, though. Um, I think they drew. I think it was a nil-nil draw for them. Um, but in pretty pretty strong form, um, whereas Cardiff only have two wins in their last five. So maybe the more gettable of the two games. But, um, yeah, how, how are you feeling about these two fixtures? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Millwall have won four of their last five home games. I think they're a, they're mm, a tough Really team. strong home. Yeah, they're a tough team to go home to. Um I they they think they're sitting at ninth or or like they're doing they're doing pretty well in the championship this season um, and it'll be a very tough test. I think we have to make some changes to the side. Uh, I think we need like Millwall are a very rough team uh, notoriously, and I think bringing someone in who's a bit tricky like Pelkas might help. Mm. Um, 
I can also see that Easy Dean has asked the question about what we feel yeah, was, like when Honeyman. I was just going to pop that up. Yeah, how, how did you? How do you feel coming up against Honeyman? Are you sort of annoyed that he left, or are you pretty happy with his contribution to the side and, and understanding of why he left? I think I'm. I'm a. I. It's a tough one. I'm understanding of his contribution, and like he he definitely had a role, uh, and and he definitely played his part. Um, I'm a bit confused as to why he left. Uh, I'm not sure around the circumstances. I can't really remember if it was necessarily made public or not. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's probably suggestions that he, what he, you know, he was, it was made clear he wasn't going to be, a, you know, a, a sort of a, an automatic starter in the 11, probably a bit of, as well around the wages he was offered, that sort of thing, I guess. Look, I think it's fair to be told you're not going to be a, a starter. Um, like you, it's not, you're not going to be a starter. It's you have to earn your place. Mm. And I think Rosie said the same thing when he's just coming now. He's like, everyone starts from a blank slate. Uh, and I think we had to do that. So if he couldn't necessarily deal with that, then I'm almost happy that that kind of um, character attitude. or yeah. that kind of attitude has departed. Uh, that being said, you know, he did great for us. He he was always the one that was fighting for our club and, and for the ball and, uh, I think he he had a great role for us, uh, and I think maybe the vision was to take it a step further, and maybe he just didn't align with that. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I wish him all the best, and and I think he started the last game for Millwall, um, so I, I'm sure he'll start the next one as well. But it'll be yeah. interesting to come up against against him. Um, the, yeah, are we just doing Millwall at the moment, or doing moving? On oh, to we can, can, can just do them together. Yeah, I think Cardiff's going to be a huge game. Um, yeah. They're currently a point above us, um, and that's a game we should be winning, especially given like the quality of our team. And, and Rosie has said it like we have a very gifted team. It's just for some reason we just haven't gelled or clicked yet, and I think we will. We just need a little bit more time, or we need someone to do that that gelling for us. And I'm hoping that that Liam is the person that does that. Uh, in terms of predictions, I don't think we win at Millwall, but I do think we win at Cardiff. Yeah, I, I was going to say for me, it's probably setting the bar at three points from these two games would be, I'd be quite happy just to get the win at Cardiff with a loss at Millwall. Um, I liked Rosie saying that he's actually really excited having Millwall as his first game because it sets a really good um, standard or, or a, it's a it's a good test for him to know where the side's at with their mentality with his sort of ideas um, and how he can get the side to gel. So um, I'm sort of seeing Millwall as a free hit in that sense because I don't think we should be... Uh, you don't want to be kind of throwing three points away, but I don't think there's a whole lot to expect to get out of that Millwall game other than to hopefully see a better performance, better structure, um, you know, hopefully <laughs> one nil loss or, you know, limit the limit the damage if, if we are to lose the game start to see a bit more defensive solidity as well would be awesome to see. Uh, as you say, I mean, we've got to make changes, um, but we sort of said earlier it's hard to sort of predict or, or guess what, what Rosie's going to do with the side. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, but then as you say, I think Cardiff's the real one that we really need to get the win out of. Um, so I'd be hoping for three points there and you know, like a one nil win. Just We've only had one clean sheet this season. It would be great to get another. I would love a one nil win. Yeah. Just take that, take that one. I, no I will hundred percent take that. Um, and on a, on a few like levels, it's not it's not just a oh hey we've scored a goal and then we've just held it. It's a you know when we need to we can defend. 
and I think that's the biggest that would be the biggest showing of a one 0 win. Yeah, kind of like, I want to smash and grab against Millwall. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, I mean, look, that Millwall one's interesting because like, I'd even just take a nil nil at Millwall to be honest. Um, even yeah. if, even if, I, yeah, it, it's a tough one because I'm sure the temptation for Rosie is to be sort of expansive and and to go for it because I, you know, I don't know with a new manager if you'd really want to have your first game having sort of like eight men behind the ball grinding out a nil nil. But at the same time, that's almost that's almost a better outcome for us or a more more positive or exciting thing to see from a manager, ironically, than a like two one or three two loss. Because we've seen we've seen that already so much this season. We're, we're sort of conceding a lot of goals. Like getting a nil-nil would actually be a really good result against Millwall. I agree. Yeah. But anyway, look, we'll, we'll see how that one pans out. That's this weekend. We've got Cardiff midweek next week. Uh, we'll be back next week to round off our discussion from those two games um, after they've happened. It's great to see so many people joining us live. We've got six people um, watching along live um, in the episode. Great to get some comments in there from Dean as well. Always appreciate those live comments to interact with. Um, so before we go, don't forget to hit like on the video. Uh, subscribe to our channel if you haven't done so already. Um, and we'll be back next week to 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 review these two games um but until then thanks for joining me mike that's all right thanks for having me no problem and thanks everyone for listening in uh until next time come on city you've been listening to the official hull city australia podcast the tigers down under for more discussion join us on facebook at the hull city afc australia facebook or follow us on twitter at hull city afc odds the music was created by Amber Black. All the city's on fire Where the burning desire Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back